I feel like we're going to have a great time in the Lord today. You know, I love great services like we had last night and the way God moves and touches lives, but I also know we've got to have a foundation under us. We've got to have the Word under us. Just put it right there in front of the drums and be fine. Hallelujah. Now, I feel like this Word is going to be beneficial to everybody here if you'll hear and do. You can't just hear what I'm preaching. You've got to put it in action in your life. Did anybody hear what I said? I said, you can't just hear what I'm preaching. You've got to do something with it. Amen. You've got to do something with it. From Genesis, the second chapter. Everybody there with me? Let's look at the ninth verse. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I want you to go with me now to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. Take my time and teach you today. Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Whom shall we teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. I'm going to talk to you today as long as the Spirit of God will give me wisdom. Y'all may not like my art. But what I'm going to talk to you on today is knowledge brings change. Knowledge brings change. You will never change who you are till you change what you know. You will never change naturally or spiritually who you are till you change what you know. In natural life, you cannot excel above your education. You can't do something you don't know how to do. In your spiritual walk with God, you cannot do more than what you know to do. can't do it. Paul talked about a measure being given unto us. And he said, I can't go beyond that measure. I can only perform in God the measure that's given unto me. If you want to change who you are in God, 
or who you are in the natural, you got to change what you know. Am I getting any agreement out of anybody today? Brother Harlan's a trained technician. This man's a good mechanic. We got people in this church that's got skills, but you come to a limit of your knowledge, you come to a limit of your understanding, you can't go no further and do any greater than what your knowledge and your education is. God's people need spiritual knowledge and understanding. God's people have got to have a working of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to Ephesians, the first chapter. I'm just going to move around in the Scriptures today. But I want everybody's undivided attention. I'm not up here just to talk. Because I'm going to tell you something. God's bringing change. God's bringing change. Don't tell me God won't move for you. I'll tell you, you and the devil both a liar. Don't tell me God won't change your situation. God will change your situation if you'll take what you know and apply it to your life. Things will change. Prayer don't change things. You pray and God changes things. God changes things. Hallelujah. I mean, Ephesians 1. Verse 17, you ought to highlight this scripture in your Bible. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. There's many definitions to the word knowledge. Knowledge means cunning. Knowledge means aware. Knowledge means science or thought or consciousness. Knowledge means a mental putting together of intelligence or the intellect, understanding. But right here, Paul is talking about spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge. The Bible says in Proverbs, and I got the scripture marked, I believe it's in Proverbs 29, that without a vision, the people perish. That word vision in the original Greek means like a dream. Any of y'all got dreams of doing something with your life? Anybody got dreams? You got goals? You need spiritual goals. You need spiritual goals. There's a lot of God's people don't have any spiritual goals and they don't ever press to reach a greater place in God. Paul said, I press toward the mark. There was a place in God that Paul was pressing toward. He had a dream. He had a vision. If you don't have a vision in the natural, you want to mount to a hill of beans. You don't have a determination to make something out of yourself. You're just going to work an hourly wage and work a job all your life and wind up with nothing. 
You don't have a spiritual dream or a spiritual goal. You want to mount to a hill of beans in God's army or God's kingdom. God told me years ago, He said, I'll never use a lazy person. God may call you, but it's up to you to do something with it. It's up to you to do something with the calling. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Don't matter if you're called, it's are you going to do something to cause God to choose you. God's going to see something in you. Is God going to see something in you? It's going to make Him want to choose you. Are you just going to sit around and whatever going to happen, going to happen? No, you can change situations and you can change circumstance through the knowledge in the Word of God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Do y'all know what true two trees that the Bible really speaks about was in the garden? The tree of life. What was the other one? Knowledge. Of good and evil. Two trees. What's the tree of life? No. Jesus is the physical body. What's the tree of life? The living Word of God. Jesus was not in the beginning. The living Word was in the beginning. Jesus is the physical body that God made to dwell in the fullness in. He's the physical body. He's the tabernacle. The tree of life was the living Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. You couldn't separate them. Still can't separate them. I said, you still can't separate them. You got the Father, you got the Son, you got the Son, you got the Father. That's what the Word says. That's what the Word says. Hallelujah. Now, do y'all know what killed man? You know what destroyed man? You know what destroyed him in the beginning? Tell me what destroyed him. He eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. He eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of partaking of the tree of life. Even after he had sinned, won't you listen what God said? Won't you listen what God said even after he had sinned? And this is in Genesis 3 and 22. The Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us. He's become as one of us. When God created man in the beginning, man had no end of days. God created him to live forever. God created man to live forever in the beginning. God did not start at a number in Adam's days till after he sinned. 
Christopher that's taking a Bible course down there at college, and he's been asking me questions. And he started asking me some questions yesterday of, about Genesis. And I said, I can tell you, but you can't go back and tell that instructor down there what I'm going to tell you. I said, because they'll probably throw you out of class. He was wanting to know who the sons of God was in Genesis 6. I said, I can tell you. I said, but they ain't going to believe it. But I ain't going to get into that. But I can tell you this, it ain't fallen angels like the church world teaches. It ain't fallen angels like the church world teaches. Goodness gracious. When God created the heavens and the earth, how long did it take? Seven what? I'm getting a lot of murmuring, but I ain't getting many answers. Let me hear some answers. Six thousand years. No, brother, matters only six days. Yeah, it was six of God's days. But every day with the Lord is a thousand years. So it took God six thousand of our years to create everything. You don't agree with me, that's fine. But the Bible in Genesis 6 and 4 and said the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair and come down, had relation with them, and they had, they had children. Which the Bible said they were mighty men of renown. Now, I'm fishing blow your mind. Some of you heard me teach on this. But let's say the sixth day God made man. Somewhere in that period of a thousand years, God made woman. Let's just say right in the middle of the thousand years of the sixth day, God made woman. Okay? Brought her to Adam. And He commanded them, said, Be fruitful, replenish, and multiply. We don't hear nothing about Adam having any kids till after he sinned. So let's say there was 500 years left on the sixth day, a thousand years left on the seventh day, which was the day of rest. So for 1,500 years, you think Adam and Eve were man and wife and they didn't have no kids? He done told them to do it. He told them to be fruitful, replenish the earth, multiply. So y'all think 1,500 years Eve didn't have no kids. And we don't know how long after the seventh day they lived before sin entered in. So all that time they were having children. And everything that come out of them before sin was made in the similitude of God because they were in the similitude of God. That's your sons of God. That's your sons of God. That answers your question, where did Cain's wife come from? I'm sorry I missed that. Mind-boggling, ain't it? And I know some of y'all, that just went, zoo. But that's okay. That's how the earth was populated. And there was no sin until Eve let the devil deceive her. We don't know how long it was. It could have been a hundred years. It could have been a thousand years. It could have been thousands of years. 
The Bible said there was giants in the earth in those days. We don't know if it's men or animals. That could have been the period of the dinosaurs. We don't know. But all I know is God populated the earth that way. But my point is, man eat of the tree of the knowledge. He didn't reach up there and take a piece of fruit. It was disobedience. He eat of the fruit of disobedience. And when it did, God, the fullness of God, left him. He separated himself from God because God gave him a choice. He said, I give you a choice to eat of the living word. I give you a choice to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, let me get back to where I was. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Man still had the opportunity because he was still in that atmosphere that God hadn't totally separated himself from him. He said, man still has the opportunity to eat of the tree of life and live forever. God didn't intend man to die. When man chose to be disobedient, he brought evil on his own self. He brought evil. If I blowed y'all's minds, well, good. You need, you need it blowed every now and then. Keeps you humble. <laughs> Let you know you don't know near as much as you thought you knew. But God put a flaming sword over that word, uh, over that tree of life to block it. And the only people now that find it are those that seek for it. The only people now that find it are those that seek for it. But what I want you to understand, this right here is what destroyed man's spiritual walk with God. And it's still destroying man's spiritual walk with God. Because 90% of religion now is not the living word. 90% of what people get is not the living word. It comes off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Most religion and religious spirits and what people are taught is not the living word. Because if it was the living word, it would be producing the life of Christ. It's not producing the life of Christ. It's not producing the fruit of Christ. The reason we're having so much trouble bringing forth Christ is because we're eating of the wrong thing. The reason people are having so much trouble gaining victory and getting in the place where they need to be with God is they're eating of the wrong thing. Isaiah, the fifth chapter. Do you love the Lord today? Hallelujah. Man, you ought to leave out of this place today shouting. You ought to leave out of this place today thanking God that God has set something before you that you can change. You can change today. You hear me? You can change. And I'll tell you again, you ain't never going to change who you are till you change what you know. You ain't never going to change spiritually or naturally till you change what you know. You don't put forth an effort to change your natural knowledge. You'll be a mediocre person all your life. You'll go out here and work in a fast food place or work as a dishwasher or a floor sweeper somewhere. You'll never excel till you change what you know. You'll never excel. 
Don't complain about life if you ain't going to put nothing into it to make a difference. Don't complain how hard you're having it or how tough it's going on you if you ain't willing to put your hand to the plow and change who you are. If you ain't willing to put your hand to the plow spiritually and change who you are, don't complain when you see other people going on in God. Don't complain when you see other people that are excelling in the things of God and God's working in them and giving them the gifts and the anointing to change people's lives. Because I'm going to tell you something. If they don't change what they know, they ain't changing who they are. But when you start changing what you know, when you start seeking for knowledge and wisdom and the revelation of God's Word to be revealed, and I ain't talking about natural knowledge. The Bible said knowledge puffeth up. He ain't talking about natural knowledge. He's talking about the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that's written there in Ephesians 1.17. God's got a people that He wants to excel. God's got a people He wants to reveal Himself to. But the only way He can reveal Himself to you is through this spirit of understanding and wisdom and revelation of the Word of God. That's right. Your understanding, which the, the Bible in the original Greek right there translates as thoughts or feelings of the mind. Your understanding is the thoughts or feelings of the mind. Enlighten means to illuminate or to give light that you might see. Brother John, when that Spirit breathed in you, it gave you light that you saw something and something's changed in you. Something's changed in you. And you can take the change that God has wrought and you can become a different person. Why? Because God has opened or shined the light on knowledge that He can change. God has spiritually shined the light in Brother John's life that He can change. God is spiritually shining the light in this man. This man is changing. This man, and I ain't pinning no roses on him. This man's changing. All the years I've known him, he ain't never had the spirit he's had right now. And he's got the best spirit that he's ever had. And I mean, he worked with me when we was praying and fasting together, rebuilding my house. He had a good spirit about it. But God has shined down on him. God has shined down on him and enlightened or illuminated a knowledge that he can take it and do something with it. It's not what God reveals, it's what you do with what He reveals. It's what you do with what He reveals. Amen? You don't learn how to, how to bear responsibility in the natural, you'll never have a ministry. You'll never have a ministry. You can't handle pressure and life situations in the natural, you'll never handle them in a ministry. You never will. You never will. I started out with nothing. And when God spoke to me to come off the evangelistic field and start shutting my evangelistic uh, ministry down, I was carrying a load of almost $300 a day. You hear me? $300 a day, almost $10,000 a month. I had to raise to pay the bills in the ministry. That's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of people can't handle that kind of responsibility. Did I just jump into it? No. 22 years, God grew me into it. Started out, man, 
Thought it was good if I raised $100 a week. <laughs> Started out hitchhiking to preach. Asked my sister back there. I used to borrow a car from her. Get revivals. Have to borrow a car. Didn't have a car. Didn't have nothing. But God spoke to me one day. He said, I want you to form a evangelistic corporation name at World Revivals. He said, I'm going to send you around the world to preach the gospel. Since that time, I've flown to I don't know how many countries. India, the Philippines, Central America, South America, all over Canada, all over across the United States. I've flown and preached the gospel. God's given me equipment. I think over the period of the years that I was in the ministry from the 80s on up to uh, we started shutting everything down when God told me to, I, I raised the money and bought over $200,000 worth of equipment to do something for God with. $200,000 I invested in souls. And, and that ain't count. That's just the cars and trucks and tents and trailers. And that ain't counting the thousands of dollars. At one time, I was on four or five radio broadcasts nationwide. Had a burden, had a vision, had a drive, had a determination. And through it all, God put something in me to learn to handle responsibility. You afraid of responsibility? You afraid to get out here and get under a financial load? You can kiss your ministry goodbye. God ain't looking for sissies. God's looking for somebody that can put their hand to the plow and say, Alright, God, I can do this. I can do this. I can take hold of something. I can take hold of circumstances, situations, and I don't care what comes. You are with me. You are with me. I'm telling you again, you can go anywhere and do good preaching. People are not looking for good preaching. They are looking for deliverance. They are looking for somebody with anointing in their life that will destroy the yoke of sin, that will heal their sick bodies, that will drop their cancers, their gorders, their tumors, open the blind eyes, uh, unstop the deaf ears, loose the dumb tongues, uh, bring them out of them uh, wheelchairs, uh, off them crutches. Uh, they are looking for somebody uh, to shine a light. And I'm going to tell you something. Miracles and deliverance come through knowledge. They come through knowledge. They don't come just ignorantly slapping hands on somebody and believing God to heal them. you got to understand what you're dealing with. Lord showed me a long time ago. You can take two people blind or deaf and you can't pray for them the same way. You can't pray for them the same way. One man be standing there. He just lost his sight. It just began to leave him. Or he might have been born blind. That's a blind spirit. Somebody else may be standing there. I prayed for a man one time. He didn't tell me. He was blind in one eye. And I prayed for him, had a white skim over it, and the skim come off of it. And for a second or two, he saw through it, and it scared him, and he lost his miracle. You remember that? But he didn't tell me that he'd bloated out with a blasting cap when he was nine years old. If he had of, I would have not treated it as a blind spirit. I would have prayed for a creative miracle. You can't pray for somebody's bloated eye out with a blasting cap and try to cast a blind spirit out when they need a creative miracle. You gotta have knowledge, church. Young ministers, people with calls on your life, you got to let God teach you how to handle situations and how to handle demons 
Everything ain't a demon. Everything ain't a demon. Somebody that's lost their hearing because of an accident or working around loud noise or something, they don't need a deaf spirit cast out. They need a restoration miracle. They need a restoration miracle. When they brought that woman to me in India in 2006, my sister was with me. Brother Michael was with me. And they pulled that scarf back and all she had was a hole in the side of her head. Didn't have no earlobe. Didn't have no outside ear, just a hole in the side of her head. I knew casting out a deaf spirit wasn't going to get the job done. She needed a creative miracle. So that's where I channeled my faith. I've had people come up to me and want me to pray for them, get in a prayer line, walk up to me, and I said, well, you need God to do it. I said, well, God knows. I said, well, God might know. I said, but unless God shows me, I don't know. If you want your miracle, you better tell me where to channel my faith. Because <laughs> I'll just slap a generic prayer on you and send you down the line. Somebody turn that heat down. I am burning up. Hallelujah. Probably the one out in the lobby too. Now I'm in Isaiah 5th chapter. Now I'm going to bring this scripture out. And it's so true on God's people. It's so true. Because we can see God trying to take us somewhere. We can see the working of the Holy Ghost changing. I mean, for years, man, it's been the shout, it's been the tongues, it's been the dance, it's been the Holy Ghost two-step. But now, God's settling us down. Now there is a greater working of the Holy Ghost in the inward man to change how we see things, how we feel about things, how we understand things. God is trying to change us. What is He trying to do? Impart unto us knowledge. Spiritual knowledge that you will be able to know what you're doing when you get out here in the streets. I don't want a bunch of people out there in the streets come spring and summer and we start putting them tents up. I don't want y'all out there like a pack of wild animals going to tackle somebody and try to get the devil out of them. Did y'all ever see Jesus chase anybody down and put a, get them on the ground and try to shake the devil out of them? I mean, what we've had has been good and some of it's worked. But most of the time, you got to wrestle somebody to get the devil out of them. Three or four hours, the devil will come out. By the time you get your hands off them, they get out of church, he's coming right back. And he's coming with seven more worse. I will leave him alone. There's people that want deliverance. There's people happy with their devils. <laughs> they are. There's people happy with the spirits they got and the devils they got. They don't want your prayers. They don't want your deliverance. But my point is, you got to know the difference. you got to discern. I was having a meeting back in 1981. Oh, buddy. Green, 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 green. Wet behind the ears. 
flying by the seat of my pants, full of zeal, not according to knowledge. I mean full of zeal. Didn't have a whole lot of knowledge. But I was a faster, I was a prayer, I was a studier of the Word. I knew the Spirit of God. I had a miracle deliverance anointing in me. And man, I, I, I mean, if you blink twice, I'd be on you like white on rice. I mean, I had something in me. I lay hands on you, you want healing, you'd get healed. Usually back then, if I laid hands on you, you'd either get healed or I'd either kill you or kill you. <laughs> You know them days, don't you, Brother Harlan? <laughs> Brother Harlan was in some of my services in Texas. Have seven, eight, hundred, nine hundred people, sometimes a thousand minister to on a Saturday night. Man, get them in a prayer line. They come across that prayer line, and brother, I'd either kill them or cure them. You don't know your own strength when you're on the anointing. And I had to learn to gentle down. I had to learn to minister according to knowledge and not try to grab somebody and twist their head off. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you got the knowledge of the Spirit and you're in that relationship with God, you you might lay hands on somebody, but you're going to speak that demon. It's coming out. You're going to speak that sickness. It's leaving. You're going to speak to that crippled limb. You may reach down there and put your hands on it. But you ain't going to try to yank that leg out no two or three inches. I've spoken to short legs. Y'all was in my meeting in Texas. And I, I set three people down. I just come off over two months of fasting. Went out there and got in revival. And the Lord told me before I ever preached that day, there's three people in there, one leg shorter than the other. And I set two of them down and laid hands on them and they grew. And the third one I pointed to it and spoke to it from 15 feet away. We got it on video. He watched it grow. Y'all remember Brother Jones? I prayed for him. He just had major back surgery. He was sitting up on a platform like this. And he just had major back surgery. And I laid hands on him. His leg grew. That man rolled off the chair, rolled down the platform, rolled down two steps. And there was a long ramp where the preacher preached. He rolled down it, rolled down them two steps, and rolled up the center aisle all the way to the front door, which is twice as far as our front door. Got up and run around the church about four times. But God healed him. God healed him. But see, now I've got more knowledge. And it's not according to zeal. Where did it come from? It come from the Spirit of God. But I'm going to show you right where God's people are right now and why some of y'all having the battles you're having. It ain't because you're eating of the tree of life. It's because you're eating of the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Y'all with me? Am I making sense so far? Well, most of you anyway. Isaiah 5 and 13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no, what? Knowledge. What kind of knowledge? This kind or this kind? We got the knowledge of good and evil. That's what killed spiritual man to start with. But we don't have this being made alive in us. We don't have the living Word being made alive in us. So because the living Word is not being made alive in us, we keep getting drugged into captivity. 
I didn't even get an old me out of that one. Sure didn't get an amen. The devil keeps pulling us into captivity because we don't have the knowledge of the living word to rise above him. We don't have the knowledge of the living word to know who we are in God. And until you know who you are in God and can stand in that, nothing's going to happen for you. But until you change what you know, you ain't going to change who you are. No, you're not. Till you change the knowledge of the tree of life in you, you're not going to change who you are. You're not going to change your situation. You're not going to change your circumstance. You're going to keep going through the same cycle. You're going to keep cycling. You hear me? You're going to keep cycling. You might get something right here. Let's just say you get something off this this limb right here. You know where most people go with it? Right there. God does something right here. You don't keep it alive. You don't grow. You don't put yourself in prayer and study of the Word. You don't put yourself in a relationship with God. Pretty soon your old knowledge of good and evil is going to tell you it ain't working no how. It ain't working. God ain't listening to you. God ain't hearing you. Look how long you've prayed and ain't nothing changed. And the Lord told me one time, He said, people pray, and He said, their situation don't either immediately change or change in a day or two or change in a couple of weeks. They lose faith. God's going to move for them anyhow. Some of y'all can be walking on a mountaintop, and one person say something to upset you, and i got to pull you out of the valley. What's a big step down? <laughs> Why would you allow somebody that kind of power over you to upset your life like that? Why would you allow that? Somebody saying something that's going to have such an impact on your life, you don't need to give anybody that kind of power over your life. No, you don't. Because just because they said it, don't mean it's going to change your circumstance. And you can stay on that mountaintop if you'll learn to rebuff criticism and accusations. You can stay on that mountaintop. But if God, if you eat of the tree of life, and then you take it back over here to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and it starts fighting against this right here, because this will destroy this. Do you hear me? This right here will destroy this, but this will destroy this. Am I making sense? The tree of knowledge of good and evil killed man's spiritual walk with God. It killed the revelation and the fullness of God inside of him. Because men start trying to figure God out with this carnal mind. The carnal mind is enmity against God. That means it's opposed. It opposes God. It's against God. And when you eat of the tree of life, First thing the carnal mind is going to start doing, telling you it won't work. 
What is our scripture in Second Corinthians 10? That we always go. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations, and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. It exalted itself against what? The knowledge of God. Everything coming off this tree right here will exalt itself and tell you it won't work, tell you it's not real, tell you it'll never happen. Everything that comes out of this right here, this right here will tell you it's not going to work. Then you got to go right back here to get renewed. Am I making sense? You gotta go right back here to get something fresh. And that'd be good if we stayed there. But you let your old carnal line get in. Why is it people keep trying to fight spiritual battles with a carnal mind? I'm not criticizing, I want you to think. I want you to think. I'm trying to make you think today. I'm trying to make you realize what the enemy is doing to you. What the enemy is doing. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that said the devil will take you captive at what? At his will. There are things in your life and in your carnal man that if you don't put them to death, anytime the devil gets ready, I'm glad you got that on. he just reach out here and get you just like this. Come here. Anytime the devil gets good and ready, there are things working in your carnal man. He just reached grab you right here. Put up some resistance, and the devil tighten it up on you. The Bible said you can be taken captive whenever he gets ready.